I'm Kate Daniels. Give Big 2023 has actually begun because we can donate now, but the big days are early May. Important days where we are partners in supporting the important work in our community. We're going to gain some insights now as we're going to first meet Nancy Long, the Executive Director of 501 Commons. Nancy Long, good morning. Thank you so greatly for being with us today. Thank you, Kate. Thanks for having me on. Well, you know, a bigger thanks, Nancy, is the fact that you, as the Executive Director of 501 Commons, who puts together the whole Give Big campaign, thanks to you for, you know, working on making this happen. I know you have a team, but still, it takes someone to coordinate all that and, you know, really have the vision and making it, making it happen. And it's been going on, well, Give Big's been going on a long time. And with 501 Comments, it's also been quite a lot of years, hasn't it? Right. Yeah, we took it on from uh, Seattle Foundation at the end of 2018. So 2019 was our first um, uh, first campaign. And uh, yeah, it's a it's a pleasure to do. We work with over 2000 nonprofits a year, most of them in uh, the Pacific Northwest. And so, um, you know, we already have a lot of those uh, a lot of those contacts. So it's a it's a perfect match with uh, our mission and uh, relationships um, to uh, also host this campaign, and because we support the success and development of the nonprofits we work with, um, supporting them in fundraising is obviously very important. Um, so we're uh, we're honored to be able to do that. And that is the bottom line: is the fundraising. And for smaller organizations, it can be quite a challenge just because they are small. So this really is a great, uh, almost like a safety net in a way, a big uh, way for people to come together and for us to find out about them and, and support. Absolutely. The, um, for a lot of organizations, Give Big is their uh, major source of unrestricted funds. So um, just meaning that these are donations that people give that generally they can, the nonprofit can use for the purposes that they most need to use the money for, um, where they might get a grant or a government contract, but it only pays for, you know, a particular staff person or a particular um, activity. So the GiveBig is really important. Um, you know, the vast majority of nonprofits are very small organizations under a million dollars and. Um, and with, um, you know, very small uh, staff. And in fact, most nonprofits have no paid staff. The, most nonprofits are run entirely by um, volunteers. And so it's, this is a way uh, for organizations of all sizes, from the very, very largest ones in our state to the very smallest and volunteer-run ones in our organization, to receive some support from uh, the community and it's really um, a way to meet new people, you know, yes. which um, over the last few years has gotten much harder for nonprofits to do as they had to stop doing events and welcoming people in for tours and, you know, including people in a lot of their um, uh, events and activities. Some of that is obviously starting back up again, but um, it's always a challenge for nonprofits to meet new donors Um and it's a challenge for donors to know where to put their money. Um, so they may have a desire to give back to their community, to move forward a particular cause or address a particular need, 
or to even give back to organizations that they and their family have benefited from. But, um, you know, how to give, when to give, where to give um, can sometimes stop that intention. So our job is really remove all barriers and make it possible for people to have a lot of fun finding out what's going on in their community, um, getting captured by, um, you know, some of the wonderful stories that organizations have to um, have to tell and then um, get having an ability to make donations in a very streamlined and easy uh, way so that we can follow through on our intentions to make good things happen. Precisely. And I was just thinking about how in making it easy and having this huge option of all these different organizations, it really fits into one of the uh, kind of favorite pastimes we as Americans have of shopping, right? And you can just go through and, and choose an area. Perhaps it's animal welfare. Perhaps it has to do with supporting children and and children and family activities. We can go really kind of filter it in any way we want and find so many different organizations we probably never even knew about. Absolutely. People can even filter for just close to them or for their city or county or neighborhood and find out things that are going on in their own backyard that they may not be um, aware of. So it's a, it's a great way to become uh, informed. You know, nonprofits improve all of our lives. We all benefit from them. We may be benefiting from, you know, five or six uh, various nonprofits at this moment and not even really recognize um, that the services or the benefits that we're uh, enjoying or coming to us thanks to uh, a, non- a nonprofit organization. Right. And then I also feel like we also uh, benefit, and most people feel the benefit of the fact that nonprofits provide a safety net for a lot of people, um, whether that be the, um, you know, the many millions of people in our community who take advantage of food banks and feeding programs and so forth when times are tight for them or people, you know, kids who are participating in sports activities, or people who are rescuing animals and protecting animals from harm and pain and suffering. So we all benefit. And this is an opportunity for us to recognize that benefit and to give back what we can. And it's really by giving together that we give big. That is such a critical point. There is no donation too small. Yes, I, I believe your goal this year is fifteen million. Is that right? Yeah, we'd like to. You know, we'd like to go above what we did last year, which was fourteen point six million. So, you know, obviously our our goal would be to do far in advance of that, but at least to hit the fifteen million dollar uh, mark, and that includes the important contribution that media companies like your radio station um, and all the Hubbard stations and Seattle Times and the Columbian and Spokesman Review and, you know, TV stations across the state and so forth make to this campaign because um, of the matching donations and the additional contributions that the media companies are providing to allow us to do this major communication campaign to people across the state. So, That's an essential part of Give Big is the opportunity for the media companies in our communities to also come together and make contributions to get the word out just as you're doing today. And I just want to acknowledge and recognize how important that is because we could be doing this, but if people don't hear about it, it it doesn't matter. And 
nonprofits are able to reach out to the people they know and to their current donors. But again, one of the wonderful things about Give Big is people can get introduced to new nonprofits. And that's very, very important to the nonprofit sector to have that opportunity to identify new donors. Absolutely. And it means a lot to me personally to be able to do that. I've certainly learned about organizations in past years and even just uh, this morning that I feel are really important to our lives here in our community, in our state, and that need my support. And again, of course, amounts matter, but I think it's a matter of realizing we give what we can. And together, I mean, last year to get to $14.6 million, it wasn't just uh, 14 millionaires that were donating a million dollars. Not at all. Right? Yeah, not yeah. at all. It's, you know, don't, uh, funding of nonprofits has always been in the hands of everyday folks. You know, it's the moderate and, and even lower income people donate a higher percentage actually of their assets than very, very high income people. We hear about the great big gifts, but what makes the world go around are small gifts and small donations from, you know, those of us who see something in their community that they want to support and support to whatever extent we can. You know, your shopping analogy is also important for people who have been a part of Give Big, and a lot of people look forward to Give Big and just kind of feel like this is, you know, an annual thing that they participate in, because we now have an innovation on the website where you can just push a little green button and give again to the organizations that you gave to in the past, and you can adjust and take organizations off or put organizations on or adjust what you're giving. And we hope you'll adjust your giving up a little bit if you uh, take advantage of this easy option. But it's kind of like reordering something that was on your uh, your shopping list in the past. And so that makes it really easy. There are some donors who make a lot of donations on the platform. While those donations might be relatively small, they still have a lot of organizations or several organizations that they want to support. And this makes it easy peasy to repeat those donations. So if you have been a Give Big donor before, and you might not even be able to quickly recall what you gave and uh, who you gave to, all that information is there. And it's easy to renew those donations and, and check out in just minutes. See, isn't that just great? I think I actually noticed that last year when yeah. I was on uh -huh. the site that my previous ones had popped up. And the ease Ease is so much a thing of what we need these days and so, because sometimes technology can be a bit overwhelming. So isn't that just wonderful? And so what is the website? Let's make sure people know that. So you can go to givebigwa.org. So uh, give big and then wa.org to make your donations. And the donation platform is open before the big giving days, but the giving days are May 2nd and May 3rd. And you can actually donate to nonprofits year-round on that platform as well. So, you know, nonprofits stay on the platform. And so if you're thinking about, you know, back-to-school activities in the fall or year-end giving, it's a great way to give any time of the year. I think, you know, we all feel good when we do something for others. Mm -hmm. And so this is an opportunity to treat yourself as well as to do something good for the community because you can get that great giving feeling and have some fun learning about other nonprofits in your uh, community that you might not know about. So I encourage everybody to take a few minutes. We make it as easy as possible and as enjoyable as possible for you to, to do something that accomplishes a great deal of good in our community. And 
it's important to recognize how it does make us feel good, even that little amount that it might be or whatever amount it is. And we're kind of doing it in secret in a way because combined together, an organization is going to but hopefully get thousands and thousands of dollars. But we can say, I was part of that. I really did right. help. It made a difference. Right. It really does make a difference. And so I really want to encourage people to just take a minute to go to givebigwa.org, take a look at the organizations that are there, think about the causes that matter to you, and think about all the nonprofits that have benefited you and your family through your life and do what you can to uh, to support those organizations and the people in those organizations that are doing really good and sometimes very, very difficult work. All of that. So true. Well, Nancy Long, I am just so grateful that you do the work, that you have the passion for this and that you bring us all together and spent time with us this morning to give us some insight and direction on how we can be a good and excellent participant in it all as well. Well, thank you, Kate, very much for having me on. And I hope everybody does go to the website and enjoys uh, what they, the information they find there and uh, gets involved in some way. It'll improve our lives and improve the lives of people around us. When we get that giving feeling, we also do a great deal of good in the community. Yes, and the community desires that and needs it, right, Nancy? Exactly, exactly. Exactly. There's lots of work to do, and we get to meet the wonderful people who are doing that work, and often kind of unsung heroes uh, working in our community. So this is an opportunity for you to to meet those people virtually and spend a very little bit of time, but to make great things happen. Indeed. Well, again, many thanks, Nancy Long. Thank you, Kate. Have a great day. And joining us now, we have Diana Goodrich, co-director of Chimpanzee Sanctuary Northwest. Diana Goodrich, good morning. Thank you so greatly for being with us today. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Well, this is very exciting, Diana, because I had absolutely no idea that Chimpanzee Sanctuary Northwest actually existed right here in Washington State. So it's really important that you are here with us today to let us know about this and find out ways that we can be good supporters. Yeah, absolutely. I know sometimes I we feel like we're the a uh, little bit of a secret over here on the um, east side of the Cascade Mountains. <laughs> well, and and that's perhaps part of it, but you're not that far away because you're in Cleelum, so that's just over on the other side. Yep, that's right. Just a, a real easy drive. But th- now you've been in existence for 15 years, is that right? Yeah, well, we were founded in 2003, and it took many years to kind of get everything started, but the first group of chimps arrived on June 13th in 2008. So we'll be celebrating, having a really big celebration for their 15-year arrival anniversary. Oh, a, bar- a birthday party. It's also a birthday party. We celebrate the oldest chimp's birthday on that day. Her name is Negra, and she is. Um, we're celebrating her 50th birthday. That is amazing. I, You know, I keep thinking of chimps as just little ones, young ones, mm-hmm. but age 50. And I think I saw on your website that someone, one of the chimps at age 45 was climbing her first tree. Yes, that was Missy. That was just um, at the end of last year, we were able to expand their habitat a little bit and enclose some pine trees. Um, so she was able to climb a tree for the first time in her life. 
And of course, when we think about chimpanzees, we would think that, of course, they are climbing trees and climbing all around. But that's the history here, I gather. I don't really know it, but I'm kind of surmising as to what their early life was all about. Yeah, well, our first group of chimps that arrived in 2008, they spent decades in biomedical research and um, were finally retired from that by the laboratory that owned them. And then we were very busy during the pandemic and expanded and were able to rescue nine more chimps who were living at a facility in California that closed down. And they also started their lives in biomedical research. And so that's been a trend, I guess. There was, They were being used for research, for science, but when their usefulness wore out or they aged out or something, they were then uh, at least given to a sanctuary. Is that how it worked? Um, more or less, yes. There were so many things that happened over the last couple of decades that um, ended the use of chimps in biomedical testing, and a lot of it was animal activists who... Um, you know, following Jane Goodall's studies about how intelligent and what rich social and emotional lives they have um, pushed for their, for not using them anymore in biomedical research. So there's actually more chimpanzees now in sanctuaries than even in zoos in the United States. <laughs> that, that's astounding. But it's great that they at least now have a, a wonderful place because I I saw the pictures of the sanctuary in Cleelum and and it looks just natural so and lots of space. Yeah, well, chimpanzees in the wild travel for just miles and miles every day, and so even in the best captive situation, which we strive to be, it really is a it can't mimic what they would experience in the wild. You know, we do our best, but we believe that chimps really don't belong in captivity at all but we try to give them the best captive life that we can. And of course, being what their early life was, being in captivity and being used for research, having them in this kind of uh, more open space, even though it is captive, still is probably the better life. They couldn't really go back out into open nature, could they? Right. That's a good question. Um it's been tried a couple of times, and chimps who have grown up in more, you know, human-centered environments, even in the laboratories, they just don't have the skills to live in the wild, mm-hmm. um, often the social skills, but certainly just the, um, you know, what you would learn from your mom, how to gather food and, you know, where to nest and just the basics they are lacking. Um, and then, of course, chimps in the wild are pretty critically endangered, and so there really isn't space to repatriate chimps. Oh, so it's kind of heartbreaking all round in that regard, <laughs> isn't it? it? It is. It is heartbreaking. Um, and we try to tell the more positive side of yeah. things. You know, they get to live out their days now um, where their likes and dislikes are accounted for, and we just try to make sure that they're getting the individual care that they need. And they're very resilient animals and um, very forgiving in most ways. And so it's pretty heartwarming to be able to see their lives now compared to what they were like. Yes, they have given so much of themselves in service to us, 
really, since it's been scientific research. It's it's for humans, isn't it? Correct. Right. Yeah. So therefore, to turn around and desire to give them this better life where they can roam much more freely and, and have some great food uh, is a wonderful thing. And it does have a, a price tag on it, though, doesn't it? Yes, it sure does. It's very expensive to care for chimps. Um, you know, the building has to be very strong. You know, chimps are extremely strong and also very intelligent. Um, we have a great, we have a blog that we post to every day, and we had a video not too long ago about one of the chimps who we have security cameras that are set up at night so we can look back and see what's been going on and we can monitor them. And um, she managed to. Uh, get a hose <laughs> that was outside of the enclosure. And she spent a lot of time working on that and obviously had the plan ahead of time. Um, so it's challenging to take care of chimps in captivity. And that was kind of just a funny little anecdote, but it does show that, you know, you have to be really careful with their care. And they also, you mentioned food. Food is a huge source of comfort for them. And it's something that they look forward to many times during the day. And so, you know, our, our food bill is pretty high. <laughs> Can you tell us what that food bill is? Yeah, you know, um, it varies somewhat. I'm trying to see, we might have one right here. Yeah, I don't, I don't have one right here. But we are so fortunate right now, because we're able to get uh, deliveries from Charlie's Produce, ah. Seattle company. Mm -hmm. Um Prior to that, we were having to um, pick up food, so it's really nice that we get it delivered each week. And we try to vary it quite a lot and go with uh, fruits and vegetables that are in season. And that's their primary diet is fresh produce. And they, um, you know, fruit is definitely more desirable, but we try to um, give them more vegetables because it has a little bit less sugar in it. And they like all kinds of food. And they each have individual tastes, so we try to make sure that we're getting um, something that everybody likes every day. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? I, I'm not sure why I w would think it otherwise, that they would have a personality and have preference <laughs> just like we do. So they're they're really showing their, their own personalities. Yes, they are all so very unique and have their own quirks. <laughs> it's really fun getting to know chimpanzees. And so as we talk about this cost, we talk about having built the this huge enclosure. How large is it actually, Diana? Well, we are just finishing um, building an outdoor space for the newer group, the group of nine chimps that came in 2019 and 2021. And that outdoor enclosure is um, about two acres. And then we have, because we're in a colder climate, here in Cleelum, they have quite a bit of indoor space too. So we have large, what we call playrooms, so kind of um, big open spaces for them. And then what we call greenhouses, which are indoor, outdoor, they look like greenhouses. They're covered in polycarbonate panels. Um, and that's really, they love those spaces because they get nice and toasty when the sun's out. Um, and it's a safe space for them. Chimps who have grown up in small cages often are intimidated by big open spaces. And so it's a nice kind of transition to the outdoors. Right. And so in asking about the cost of the food and the enclosures that you have and the acreage that you have and staff, actually, how many staff do you have to take care of these lovely little creatures? <laughs> we have um, nine full-time staff now and 
we have a contract veterinarian too, which is really important. So here we are, this incredible nonprofit organization, Chimpanzee Sanctuary Northwest, located right here in our state, and it's the first and only one in this state, correct? That is correct. Yeah, it's actually the only home for chimpanzees in the state. And when we think about the service again, you know, we don't know the details of it, but we know they've been used for research that's in service to humans. And the fact that, you know, now we have an opportunity to help them to to live a good life and it does have that price tag on it. And this is a really great time for us to be thinking about it because uh, as Chimpanzee Sanctuary Northwest. You're part of the Give Big campaign that's happening over a couple of days in May, although giving can be done at any time, even right now. Uh, So this is an important time for us to really be able to pledge and support your work, right? Absolutely. Yeah, we are so thrilled to be able to participate in Give Big and have for the last few years. And it's really helped us with those everyday bills and with our expansion as well. Um, and I like personally as a donor myself, I really like give big because I mean, giving absolutely feels good. It just makes you feel like you're part of the community and you get to discover organizations that you might not know about, maybe like <laughs> chimpanzee sanctuary and Cleelum. Um, and if you, if you just visit the give big website, you can search for different organizations, um, and give to multiple organizations over the period of, of this time through May 3rd. And actually, that's kind of the way I like to do it because there's there is so much good that goes on and that needs help and and you know and others may feel differently and it's like I'm going to pour all my my funds and my energy into one and that's that's great too. But as you were pointing out, Diana, you know, being able to see a, a variety and and now having learned about you, I mean, it, this is really very exciting to find out about a new organization. Actually, there are so many that sometimes it's hard to go through the whole list. So being able to have a conversation like this is able to to highlight, put the spotlight on on someone and and on these wonderful little chimpanzees. Yeah, well, we really appreciate the opportunity to tell your audience more about us. And do you have, uh, you shared a cute story uh, about one of the chimps with, with the hose. Do you have something that's else that stands out in your mind about a situation that occurred that means something to you? You know, every day we have stories. We started a blog when the chimps first arrived, even before they arrived in 2008. And now it's, we've been doing it daily for the last at least decade. And I always think, oh, we're going to run out of material. But <laughs> we have so much material. They are just so full of personality and doing things all the time that surprise us and that make us smile. We were able to integrate the two groups that came from Wildlife Way Station. And there's been this very strong friendship that's developed between two of the chimps, Maeve and Dora, so much so that the staff have decided that they're just one. <laughs> and so they're often just referred to as Mora <laughs> um, because they're so closely tied together. And just the other day when I was at the chimp house working, I could just hear this like uproarious laughter. Chimps have this very kind of quiet, breathy laugh. But when they're really, really having a good time, it gets louder and louder. Um, And so I could hear it all the way in the foyer. And I went in. It was Dora and Maeve just tickling each other and having the best time of their lives. (laughs) So there's the thing. You have your own entertainment channel going all the time. 
We sure do. <laughs> and we can participate in making this kind of joy and, and good life continue by making our commitment to supporting the wonderful work that you're doing, Diana. Yes. You know, we're getting this outdoor area completed. And so we're still doing a little bit of fundraising for that. And we have big plans for the future. And so every little donation helps. So great. And your website is? Our website is chimpschimpsnw for northwest.org. So chimpsnw.org. And definitely visit the blog. Great. And we have the general website, givebigwa.org, givebigwa.org. And it is really good to use that website for donations, isn't it, Diana? Yes. So we have a goal of raising $50,000 ourselves. And it's a great way for donors to pledge matching gifts, too. Yes, Exactly. Well, that is great. Good to mention the goal and how we can do it. And Diana Goodrich, it's just been so great to have you join us and give us this little insight and give us a chance to explore more and support the great work you're doing. Thank you. Thanks so much for highlighting us. We appreciate it. And I appreciate you.